Did you say GIF? GIF, yeah. You know it's GIF. I'm I'm over it. I'm not I'm not even starting it. No, it's not. It's GIF. We're gonna take pronunciation advice from someone that You're calls both insane. Dennis Schroeder Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Let's go. Are we being trolled <laughs> right now, Mike? What the fuck? Bro, Where did you get bro, that from? Bro, 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 <laughs> I can't. I swear on my life i have never heard someone say gif but just move on because this is freaking stupid actually you know what you know what that's it i'm right i'm tweeting this out right now oh 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 look at gif oh jumping out jumping out oh my god <laughs> you should be a lawyer i should be a lawyer yeah. i i mean literally one i've been told that several times but two it's fucking gif anyway <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to the Laced Up Podcast. I'm Mike Corzemba here with Flight Mike. And get like Coop. What's good, guys? Yeah, and today we are going to be talking NBA Draft Lottery. We are going to be talking about Russell Westbrook possibly going to the Los Angeles Lakers and Damian Lillard trade destinations and a whole bunch of other stuff. But before we get into that, Mike, I think you want to talk about the live stream we did last night. Yeah, guys, I wanted to give a huge shout out to each and every one of you guys that showed up for our very first Laced Up live stream, we have a lot of these planned for the future in addition to some special bonus pods for those that join on our channel on our channel memberships program. I wanted to give a huge shout out to our two first members that joined on our Laced Up Gold channel membership tier. Shout out to Off The Bench TV and Ray Gian. Huge shout out to the first two. And I'm looking forward to the series that we have planned for each tier. So Laced Up Silver, you will have access to members only live chats. We'd be able to see your comments ahead of everyone else's. And that's $2.99 a month. Laced Up Gold, $4.99 a month. You're going to get yourself shouted out. You're going to get a bonus podcast. And you'll also have members only live streams. So huge shout out. And for those of you guys that are just watching, we appreciate you guys as well. Yeah, those bonus podcasts are going to be fun, guys. Um, and, you know, you just heard you're going to get Discord access. So we are going to absolutely get your input on what bonus podcast you want us to talk about. Basically, you know, whatever you guys want us to talk about, we will do. So, and again, huge shout out to the two guys that have already joined. That is awesome. So last night, the Detroit Pistons, for the first time in, I think ever since I was born, for the very first time, I don't know when the last time the Pistons won the number one pick or if they ever have, but they won the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. And that kind of made some things interesting because we all know who the consens consensus number one overall pick is. We have our draft expert, Get Like Coop, who has the um, best scouting report out of all of us on Cade Cunningham. And what's interesting about this is last year, the Detroit Pistons actually drafted a point guard as well. And of course, Houston got the second pick. Cleveland makes it into the top three. They have the third pick and Toronto has the fourth. Orlando has the fifth and OKC has the sixth. So. And the Chicago Bulls have the. Nothing. I wasn't going to bring that up, but. <laughs> yeah, brought... On the live stream last night, you know, I was live streaming the draft lottery and literally I, I before we get into anything, I just want to say. The NBA, you know, they really did me dirty by holding the Orlando Magic up at number eight and then saying from the Bulls, just hold the Chicago Bulls up and say to the Orlando Magic. Like, I looked at that thing. I looked and thought that the Bulls had moved into the top four. Like, and I literally screamed. I literally went, yes. And then I went, oh, no, never mind. Never Dude, you should have seen my reaction. I was like, ah. 
Corzemba. Ah! Oh, so I mean, no, I, I was really I sad. I do not me, like but. them doing that. Just put Orlando, just put Chicago Bulls on the thing and be like, and just cross them out. Honestly, put a giant black X over the Chicago Bulls and be like, you don't get this. That's better. At least I know because I got fooled. I got bamboozled. But yeah, all right, Kate Cunningham to the Detroit Pistons. Um, that is, I'm super hyped for Detroit fans because you know. Uh, Blake Griffin didn't exactly end uh, on the best of terms. I think Detroit Pistons fans haven't been having the best time as of late. But yeah, Cooper, what do you think about Kate Cunningham? I love Kate Cunningham. I mean, I think he's one of the best number one picks coming out like in this past decade. I think this guy is that talented. Before I even looked at his scouting report from NBADraft.net, when um, just from watching him play, I kind of got a Luka Doncic jason tatum type of feel from him and if you go to nba draft.net his draft comparison is actually luka Doncic and jason tatum if you watch this guy play he can create shots from just about any spot on the floor but beyond shot creating he's going to win you over with his playmaking now look i know you only average 3.5 assists in college but i've always felt like assists in college never tell the full story this guy is a legit six foot eight floor general some people refer to him as ben simmons with a jump shot i refer to him as Kay cunningham the detroit pistons are an incredibly lucky franchise right now i i'm looking at his statistics right now and i usually say you could determine how good of a shooter a player truly is based off of their free throw percentage and their shooting potential, at least I typically gauge based off of their free throw percentage in college. He has an 85% free throw percentage, attempting 5.8 free throws a game. And he attempted 5.7 three-pointers a game and made 40% of his threes. He's six foot eight, averaged 20 points per game. Yeah, he has turnovers, but when you're a point forward, who doesn't have turnovers? Dang, like I... I, this is probably one of, I agree with you. This is probably one of the best prospects we've seen in quite some time. I would even go as far as to say that he might even turn out to be better than Zion, although he doesn't have Zion's hype. You know, it is kind of weird because I think with everything that's been going on in just the world in general, I think like all, I think this is a really good draft and I think it's just getting really underlooked. Because for whatever reason, you know, people are watching the NBA still. Numbers are up from last year, of course. Um, you know, that was going to happen with the bubble. But what when we look at, like, high school basketball, when we look at college basketball, when we look at prospects, I swear, like, people are not talking about anyone, really, as much as they used to. Like, when have you heard someone, you know, talk about Chet Hol Holmgren or, like, even Bronny? Like, Bronny just came back. And like that would have made huge news like two, three years ago when we had guys like, you know, Nico Mannion, when we had uh, like, you know, Zion when he was in high school, like they got so much hype. So I'm not really sure why Cade Cunningham, like the only thing that I could say is, I guess, like, again, I think like what, you know, the events in the world have made it so that people aren't really paying attention to like college basketball and high school basketball as much. But yeah, Cade Cunningham is like super legit like potential NBA superstar coming into here again, six foot eight, four general. And like Mike was saying, shooting over 40% from three and over 80, uh, around 85% from the free throw line. Like where, like where, where's his flaw? Like there's not even a flaw that people are really even 
you know, talking about other than potentially like he's not the most speedy point guard, but like, as we've seen with Luca, you know, when you're six foot eight, that doesn't really matter too much. I just love that he's like the prototype of where the game today is headed. Like to me, I, I think agree. point forwards, legit perimeter threats move the needle more than any position on the floor right now. Exactly. And here's the scary part about that comparison. Like Jason Tatum and Luka Doncic don't play anything alike, but I could understand the comparison. He has the shot creating ability of Jason Tatum, but the playmaking ability of Luka Doncic, like I'm just, my imagination's running wild and I'm legitimately terrified of what this man could become at the NBA. And also shout out to Cade Cunningham. He's from my hometown, Arlington, Texas. Um, real nice to see someone from Arlington make it all the way, but I wanted to get you guys' opinion on other prospects. Like, I'll tell you, I'm very high on Cade Cunningham, and I really appreciate this draft because you have Cade Cunningham, who is like that point forward, plus plus, that could do it all, that could create a shot. Then you have Evan Mobley, who seems to be a good prospect, but in my opinion, he's a little bit more raw. He's probably, if I was to compare him to a player, not exactly in terms of play style, but in terms of the obstacles that he has to go through in order to reach that next step. I'd probably compare him to James Weissman, although Weissman didn't get as many games at the collegiate level. I feel like they both have similar things that they need to overcome to succeed. Then you have Jalen Green, a player that didn't go to the NCAA, was a member of the G League Ignite, which should be an interesting um, experiment to see how he transitions to the NBA. And of course, you have the NCAA tournament hero in Jalen Suggs rounding out the top four. So I agree with Corzemba. This is a really freaking deep draft. And I feel like it's getting swept under the rug, mainly because there was this like global pandemic thing going on this year. Yeah, and then you got to show some love to my guy, James Booknight. I've been telling Corz about this guy. This guy can flat out go. Think of, of like a more athletic CJ McCollum. I think he's going to make some team in the lottery very happy. Then you got Moses Moody, who doesn't, I don't want to say Clay Thompson, but similar play style in the aspect of he can knock down a shot from just about any spot beyond the perimeter. He, he can create his own shot. And he has the length to be a plus defender. And also, I want to know how you guys feel about Davion Mitchell. Do you guys, are you guys familiar with Davion Mitchell at all? Dude that went to Baylor, 22 going on 23. A lot of hype behind that Baylor team. But some people are a little turned off uh, from Davion because of his age. I mean, here's the thing. If there's one thing that I really appreciate about four-year players is one, their maturity level, and two, you know what you're going to get. You know, like in, da in Davion Mitchell, he is mildly developed. You know his trajectory. You know where he, uh, the type of player he's going to be. I feel like this is a player that could potentially give you some defensive versatility that could score for you as well. I'm not exactly um, sure about how I feel about his size. That's probably the thing yeah, that turns Yeah, definitely disagree with the defensive versatility. He measured in his six foot at the combine, and I think his wingspan was like maybe six two. So he's not I necessarily. He was six two. What's up? Oh, I thought he was six two. And that's nah, he measured in on. his six flat at the combine. So that's uh... also another knock on him. But yo, yo, yo. Uh, we've seen we've seen guys below six three have major impacts. 
He moves his feet well. He's regarded by many as the best perimeter defender in this class. So again, I do agree with you. I think you do kind of know what you're going to get. And you didn't bring this up, but as a small market team, if you draft a four-year player, you're likely keeping a guy throughout their prime. You get a guy at 22, you get him for seven years, you have him through 29. Yeah, that's true. Um, So pluses for him, you know, he definitely dramatically improved throughout his college career, which is, you know, you love to see. That means that, you know, I would like to imagine he has a great work ethic and he's the type of player that on the floor hustles a lot. You could just see that he has a passion for basketball. So I think for sure, like he is like, I think he's a safe pick. I'm not sure about his potential to become like an all-star or anything. I think he reminds me of Van Fleet a little. I'm not saying he's going to be Van Fleet, but I would actually love him for the Pelicans, honestly. I mean, yeah, like, like so vendors, that's what so. like I think that like if you're a team and you're drafting, I mean, looking at the draft order, we've got Pistons, Rockets, Cavs, Raptors, Magic, Thunder, Warriors, Magic, Kings, Pelicans. All right. Yeah. So let's say you're the Pelicans, you're drafting him. You're getting a guy that you know that is going to come in and be able to play from day one and is going to be a good NBA player. Now, if you're one of the teams that are that are more, you know, Pistons, Rockets, Orlando Magic, that's where you're looking for a star type player. So I wouldn't, you know, necessarily want him in that role because I don't think he has that upside. I mean, could be wrong. You know, same thing was said about Malcolm Brogdon and he ended up developing more than people thought. Yeah, but, bro, Mitchell got a bag. Mitchell got a little bag on him. I'm, I'm not going to yeah. lie. He's shifty. I like him. I like. And him again, a lot. like I, and again, like I said, like you know, hustles and like I just, I just love his like competitive spirit. Every time you saw him out there, like you know, that guy wants to win, and that's always someone that like you want on your team. So, I definitely think he's going to be a great player. Um, I'm interested to see where he does end up going though, because you know he is currently 22. He's going to be going on what 23 you know, first year in the NBA. Instead, you could get a guy like Jalen Green, who's currently 19 and has, I would say, more, you know, star potential because, you know, those four years do matter. It's four years of development. I mean, yeah, but one is like Davion Mitchell is currently projected to go like number 10. Jalen Green is a top three pick potentially. You can't really I've got Mitchell the number two. seven on my, my um, what I'm looking at right now. Ooh, we got it. We got to work on a mock draft next episode. Um, but up until but until then, one of the comparisons that Coop uh, threw out for Cade Cunningham was former number one overall pick in the 2016 NBA draft, Ben Simmons. Only he has a jump shot. Speaking of which, guys, tell me what on earth is going on with Ben Simmons? By the way, guys, I, I hope you do stop by um, our next live stream. No, we will alert you on all of our Twitters and wherever we can on social media because we talked about this uh, for a bit on our live stream. But personally, I think I do. And me and Coop have talked about this. You know, we both agree like Doc, you know, I, I do not think he is getting enough of the hate here. I think that he did not make the necessary adjustments in the series that needed to be, you know, done in order to win. I do not think there's any excuse for the Philadelphia 76ers to lose to the Hawks. The end of the day, Ben Simmons didn't really like, yes, 
like he didn't shoot a ton and didn't score a ton in the games five, six, and seven. But that is who Ben Simmons has been as a player for this entire season. Like, I don't know why this is such a big shock. I think it's just more of people's expectations. And he is the scapegoat of, you know, what of the Philadelphia 76ers failing. And I think if he had just dunked that ball and said, and we all know the play I'm talking about, if he had just dunked that ball instead of passing it, at which at the end of that game, which led to, you know, them only making one free throw, I think the hate would have been significantly worse. I think that play just kind of summed up Ben Simmons and it was just right there on national television in front of us. And it just gave everyone a chance to just pile on the hate. With that said, I don't think he can come back to Philly because I think that Philly fans are just like hate him at this point. And it's kind of gone too far. Like, you know, you have Doc straight up saying, is he a championship point guard? He said, uh, I can't answer that question, blah, 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 AKA no. Like if you're not saying yes, you're saying no. You have, uh, you know, you know, you have Joel, Joel Embiid coming out and being like, I think the, the turning point of the game was when Ben Simmons passed that shot away, uh, passed when he could have dunked. And then Trey Young comes down and hits a three. Like Joel, I mean, you know, I love him. He had what seven turnovers eight turnovers and had a key critical turnover in that game as well i think in beat is over simmons i think just philly is over simmons with that in mind i think this is going to be a great wake-up call for ben simmons i think that we're going to see what happens next season i mean these are the moments where you really are you see a player's character like is ben simmons going to take all this hate is he going to you know, really soak this in because he said himself that he has not been held accountable. Is he going to actually take this and go into the gym this season finally and start putting up jumpers? What do you guys think? It looks like Mike does not agree. What do you mean he hasn't been held accountable? The hell is that supposed to mean? Like he look, said that himself. I, I, he literally said like, that himself. Yeah, he, the, uh, bro, yeah these what, are actually his words. Like, his own uh, words bro, were like, I have not th been held th accountable. That's what he said. That's what he said. I'm not responding okay, to you. It's just okay, like, okay. bro, like, dude, with all due respect, like, this dude has been the same player since the moment he stepped foot in the NBA. Now, if he at least was beginning to attempt three-pointers or if he was working on his jump shot over throughout the offseason, then okay. But he has literally been the exact same player. If you pull up his averages, they are practically identical about 16, 14 points per game this past year, but 16 it's actually, points per game. It's, it's actually like crazy how identical they are. Like, yeah, it's like, okay, are not even but, making like if, when they say that, he, you know, people say that all the time. Like this guy's been the same kind of players, you know what? He's literally been the same player, like almost identical in his stats, let, if let, anything, in some places he's gone down. Let me tell you what bothers me about Ben Simmons. And this is why like, I wrote him off as a player two years ago. And Sixers fans were like burning me on Twitter saying, no, but he took strides defensively this year, which I knew was a sham and was like was one of those things that as soon as he makes it to the playoffs, he was going to be exposed for what he really is. Because I personally don't believe in defensive awards. I don't think they translate to the playoffs, really. We saw it happen to Rudy Gobert. We see it happen to Giannis all the time, like over the past couple of years. We saw it happen to Ben Simmons this year. But the one thing that bothers me with Ben Simmons is he seems 
seems so content with his complacency. And I never see videos of him like working on his game. I see videos of him hitting the club. I don't see videos of this man working on his game. And the fact that he he's given like a very similar exit interview each and every year. And the one quote that he said in this interview that drove me crazy is I am who I am. What do you mean you are who you are, bro? Like, I think that was fake confidence. I don't think that was him being arrogant. I mean, I think everybody was piling on him. Did you actually watch the interview? They asked him some yeah. brutal questions. That they asked him some incredibly I've never, brutal questions. I have never seen, like, I actually have never seen an NBA, like, all-star just get actually asked questions that were that direct. Like, after. Yeah, it was, it was disrespectful. It was disrespectful. And it's at crazy. this time, he knows the whole world is against him. We know that with the jump shot, it's it's somewhat mental for Ben Simmons. We know he struggles with confidence in that regard. So I don't think that was him being arrogant. I, I think that was him alluding a fake confidence to the rest of the world. And honestly, I mean, I, I don't blame him for that interview. Now, to touch on what you said, Flight Mike, about being held accountable, I, I really don't think he's been held as accountable as he should. Any coach, every coach he's been with has pretty much babied him, at least to my knowledge. Even throughout this regular season, Doc Rivers continually went to bat for Ben Simmons. If you have a problem with the way he was playing in the regular season, or if you have a way, uh, if you have a, a problem with the way he played in the playoffs, address it in the regular season. If you want him to shoot and he's not shooting, bench him. Be the change that you want to see. Agreed. Um, it really felt like it felt like at the end of game seven, it felt like the end of multiple games in that Hawk series. Like I was fully questioning who are the Sixers going to be putting out on the court because I'm, I'm not even sure they knew like they were throwing out guys. You know, we'd see Furkan, we'd see Seth Curry, we'd see Thibault. Their lineup, their their final five guy lineup was not set. It was up in the air. Ben Simmons is getting benched. You're absolutely right, Coop. If you're going to do that, do that during the regular season. In terms of accountability, there's a difference between fans and, you know, us and like, you know, everyone on Twitter being like, work on your jumper, work on your jumper, whatever. He has his inner circle. He has his inner people, you know, his, his boys, his coaching staff, you know, his teammates. They are the ones that are not being holding holding him accountable. That is what he means. Like, he's not saying like, okay, yeah, the fans are telling me like, I can't shoot. He's saying that basically the coaching staff has not been like on his ass being like, get a jump shot because you are screwing over our team. Now, will that happen with the next team? Will that matter to him? I'm not sure because I also agree with Mike where I, you know, I, I have seen complacency. Like, I, like what has Ben Simmons shown us to, for us to think that he is going to just suddenly right now decide to start practicing his jump shot what is what has he shown us that he's going to you know suddenly gain a competitive fire that he well, has not shown right, us like lsu right ben simmons was way more aggressive and like way more you know like at this point like we have shell-shocked ben simmons and so again like i'm interested to see what happens next season like, here's the thing that bothers me, and uh, Coop, I'm going to pass it off to you before we we have a bunch of other stuff we should talk about, but 
you're telling me the reason why you haven't developed a jump shot or worked on your game, which by the way, you have social media. Everyone in the world has said Ben Simmons needs to de develop a jumper. The late great Kobe Bryant literally has an interview that's trending going viral that says, hey, where he says, hey, he needs to develop a jump shot or else it's gonna screw him over. And your excuse for not developing a jump shot or even attempting to work on a jump shot is no one's held you accountable. Like, dude, if you wanna be great, if you truly wanna be great, which he does have the talent to do so, then you gotta work on it yourself. You have to analyze your game, you have to be obsessed, and you have to say, hey, this lack of a jumper is holding me back. But he seems content with his complacency, and that just might be who he is. He might be happy with the fact that he got paid like over 120 million in his first contract, which is not the go... wildest thing. That's not that's yeah, not wild at not. all. I mean, if they if they were paying you 50 million every day to show up and do the same thing over and over and over, and nobody's telling you. You got to change anything. And I'm not talking about the outside noise. I'm talking about from in your circle, the coaches, everybody's like, oh, hey, you killing it. Keep keep that stuff up. And they, and they paying you? Like, you're probably going to keep doing the same thing, too. Dude, he is getting run one of the craziest bags. He's, his extension kicks in for this year. Five years, one hundred and seventy-seven million. He he just might he might be content, honestly, and that's fine. Like not everyone wants to be the greatest basketball player that ever lived. But in the case of the Philadelphia 76ers, what I would do, and we'll uh discuss this uh probably next, is I would try to trade him to the Portland Trailblazers and get back Damian Lillard. And I think the Portland Trailblazers would actually entertain that. No, I don't think the I don't Portland Trailblazers are entertaining anymore. Ben Simmons. I think for, at one point and I told Corzimba, I told Corzimba this. I told Corzimba that Brandon Ingram would be a much better trade piece than Ben Simmons. And of course, look, here we are. Of course, of course. Well, no, I, I, I think, like, I think, Mike. I think yeah, I completely agree with you. You're definitely right. You just spoke some facts right there. Like, yeah, you're right. When he said, like, no one held me accountable. Like, hold yourself accountable, bro. Like, yeah. Do you want to be great? Like, do you think Kobe Bryant was ever going yeah, like, he, he no one held me accountable. To, so now, like, Kobe Bryant, when he was a rookie, airballed several free, uh, several clutch jump shots in a playoff situation and held himself accountable and made sure that never would happen again. Ben, you know, is running down the court. Like, it is just so frustrating to watch him play basketball because you could just... I think it's just why everyone's so passionate about it and why, you know, we're so passionate about it is because it's disappointing. It's just disappointing to see someone who has so much talent and has all the tools right there in front of them and isn't utilizing them to the best of their abilities because of a teachable skill. Shooting a basketball is a teachable skill. If you shoot a basketball a ton of times, you are going to get better at it. You can't teach someone to be way taller it's very hard to you know get someone basketball iq up you know there are some people that just have uh you know natural born basketball iq and amazing playmaking abilities shooting a basketball you can learn his form is not crazy broken it's fine maybe he should be shooting with his right hand that's a whole nother thing but you know just ben simmons just get into the freaking gym and shoot a basketball please now going on to the portland trailblazers I no longer think Damian Lillard's on the table. I think that Portland would be crazy to trade Dame for uh, Ben Simmons. I don't think it makes any sense. Um, if I'm Portland, you know, 
maybe for CJ, but like my whole thing is if I'm Portland, I mean, yeah, for CJ, but Portland, if they're trading away Dame and CJ, like they're blowing it up, right? Like they're rebuilding. Like I want young pieces that I can rely on. If you're trading for Ben Simmons, that kind of means you're like centering your no, team. No, I, 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 I disagree. I, I disagree. I completely disagree with they have to rebuild if they trade for Ben Simmons. If you trade CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons, I guess Portland that's true. Gets you can keep much, yeah, Portland gets some much needed defense. Imagine then they go on to hire D'Antoni or something. I was just saying if they trade. Oh uh, yeah, well okay, yeah. If you trade them both, you're obviously rebuilding. Okay, but, but yeah, if you keep if you keep Dame for... and you and you're able to trade CJ, yeah, then that is yeah, you could build a team. That's that that's sure. kind of fun. That's kind of fun. I think Dame and C and uh, Damon and Simmons could do some damage together. I would I would love to see that. What's not getting talked about at all is the pick and roll. Remember when remember when Ben Simmons dropped his career high forty points and was just consistently just rolling to the basket and just scoring at will? Like why why? not do that more yeah maybe if you have a primary ball hander like dame where you're able to set ben simmons in pick and roll situations and have shooters around him you know maybe we're looking at a very different ben simmons because that actually has way more scoring potential there's been a lot of point guards that could potentially find new homes we know damian lillard is a very popular one Russell Westbrook is a popular one, but a player that I personally think is a little bit more of a long shot, but still somehow finds himself in rumors is Steph Curry. Now, I know you guys heard the rumor of Steph Curry potentially like going to the Lakers because LeBron James was recruiting him to the Lakers and he might entertain actually joining the Lakers. But what's really interesting is, although I as a Laker fan kind of wrote that off because I don't really see a reason why Steph Curry would leave. The Warriors owner, Joe Lacob, actually responded to these rumors today. So this was exactly what he said. Look, Steph Curry, if he really wanted to leave at the end of his contract, he's a free agent, he's earned the right, and he can do it. So looks like Joe Lacob, the owner of the Warriors, is giving Steph Curry his blessing to leave. Is that really a blessing to leave or is that just saying you're a free agent? Or is that just him saying, you're a free agent, I can't control where you go? I think that might be what that is. Mm, I would say I would say that's a that's a nice comment because, um, yeah, like, I mean, you know, remember the Cavs? Remember Dan Gilbert? How playing? is that a nice comment? That's not a nice comment at all. That's just him saying, I can't control where he goes. Actually, he said if he really yeah, wanted yeah, to right. leave, like, yeah, yeah, can't you're control right. it. Like, yeah, I know, I, man. honestly, like, I kind of want to look more into that quote. You're right. Um, I I don't know. Like, here's the thing. Well, he Steph continued. Curry. All right, wait, hold on. Wait, he wait. He continued. Let me re let me finish off the thing. So he said, um, he said, look, Steph Curry, if you really wanted to leave at the end of his contract, he's a free agent. He's earned the right. You can do that. Then he said, I said that with Kevin Durant. I'm still friends with Kevin Durant, and I still really like him. And I will always love him for what he did for the franchise. By the way, he took less money when he was here. He really helped us. We were able to get a couple of other players. Players don't usually do that, and he did, and he did that. So I have great respect and admiration for that for Kevin, and I would for Steph, no matter what he does too. He's done a lot for us. We've done a lot for him. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, like that is like, like <laughs> why at the end, dude? I feel like I swear to God, like we said the same thing with Mark Cuban, where it's like they like owners say a whole thing, and then at the end they just add in one last sentence where I just like. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Wait, what? Why? 
Like, and <laughs> we've like done a lot it for up. him. Let's... Like, bro, he's Steph Curry. Like, why yeah. have you been adding that in? Yeah, seriously. I mean, like... I mean, if you ask me, I agree with them. The Warriors did do a lot for Steph Curry. People forget, but there was a time where the Golden State Warriors were thinking, okay, should we trade Monte Ellis or should we trade this like injury-prone player, Steph Curry, that isn't able to make it a full season with us? And this was like, I think, circa 2012, 2013. So there was a point where they were actually going to punt on Steph Curry. So... I don't think and they could have. They didn't do him a favor. I don't think, Anybody I don't think taken that Steph they were going to punt him. He had one season where he played 26 games. Other than that, rookie season, and again, he played Anybody would have happily taken Steph. Not, maybe not anybody, but most. I'm sure most teams would have probably enjoyed taking Stephen Curry. The thing is, by saying, like, we've done a lot for him, that's just kind of just strange to me. Like, I, I don't know why I, I'm saying that. I like, mean, they built they built this they built you know what Mike really no I'm, yeah I'm but again you. like I'm with you the Pelicans are doing a lot for Zion right now I see what you're saying I like that <laughs> the, the, yeah that's my whole point is like any team would be like would love to have a Steph Curry and love to have him what, what, whole career what I'm like what I it's just like I'm, an unne- I'm just saying it's just an unnecessary statement to add in yeah and we've done a lot for him it's like it's like as if he's kind of like you know throwing it out there like Hey, Steph, remember, we've done a lot for you, so stay here. I mean, here's the thing. You look at a lot of careers that have been mismanaged in the NBA and in the NFL. The most famous case probably being LeBron James. First seven years of his career with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Career was mismanaged. Steph Curry went to the Golden State Warriors, a team that was consistently making the playoffs. And, well, you know, at their heights over the past two decades, they were making the playoffs at their very best. And, of course, they had some very exciting teams with the We Believe Warriors and then the Run TMC Warriors. And he took them to a brand new stratosphere. So what I'm trying to say is it kind of takes two to tango. Like Steph Curry could have ended up on like the Minnesota Timberwolves. David Kahn was drafting those teams. And David Kahn is one of the most incompetent GMs in NBA history. You know, the man that drafted Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio. So what I'm trying to say is they did do a lot for him. They didn't mismanage his career. And yeah, they both got a reward out of it, resulting in Steph Curry having a remarkable career. I don't don't think anyone's arguing with that. They did a lot for him. I'm just saying, why say it? Like, why? No, you don't have to say that. It's just unnecessary. I think yeah. he's just trying to hype. I think he's just trying to hype up the Warriors as a world class organization. Nah, I think he's patting himself on the back for unnecessary reasons. To be honest, I mean, uh, uh, I'm a firm believer that a decent amount of the Warriors dynasty was built upon just like moves going the right way and just like some luck. So yeah, I think like sixty percent of it, seventy percent of it is just drafting Steph Curry. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, without Steph, <laughs> there's no dynasty. Well, and Clay, I mean, yeah, I, and Clay and Draymond. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, but no, 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 no. I could you could, you could you could say Clay's twenty, maybe Draymond's ten, but without Steph, there's no dynasty. I'm giving. I actually 70%. think well, yeah, absolutely. a huge part of it. I think Draymond's a huge part of it. Draymond for sure is, to, and that's I why I gave him ten percent. All right. Well, so here's my question. So, um, honestly, Draymond, actually, wait, 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 Draymond, that actually might be underrated. I think Draymond, like, you know, Clay falling to like what, 10 or 11 or whatever he fell to is like around 10, I think. Um, that isn't as shocking as Draymond being a second round pick and somehow emerging into a defensive player of the year and multi time all star. So, I will give that a higher percentage than 10. That's fair. So, so Steph Curry, we all agree. 
Steph Curry, we could all agree. We discussed this in one of the earlier pods. I guess we're just going to reiterate our stance. I personally, I'm a diehard Laker fan. And, you know, I do say uh, have those jersey swaps and think everyone's going to the Lakers. But I just don't see Steph Curry leaving the Warriors. It's just his chances of winning a championship here are significantly greater than most of his other options, like joining a 37-year-old LeBron James over just keeping it going with Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and whatever superstar that the Warriors would attain this year. Just way too uh, way too much of a great opportunity. You could sign for significantly more money on the Golden State Warriors, and the Golden State Warriors will forever be Steph Curry's team. He'll join that elite status, that elite tier that features himself and Kobe Bryant. So, I am Tim Duncan, so, and Dirk, so I don't see him leaving. I'm sure you guys agree with me on that. I do not agree with you. Actually, I do not agree with you. Here's the thing. Tim Duncan played on a contender for the remain for, you know, basically his entire career. Like he laid into his career. Tim Duncan was playing on a contender. Kobe Bryant was an untradeable contract at the end of his career because of injuries. Steph, um, I think. And I hope he stays in Golden State. However, I do think that this season is going to be absolutely huge in, you know, that decision-making process, because what happens if Clay gets hurt again? You know, what happens if the guy that they trade for, I'm assuming they're going to trade their two picks that they have. They currently have the number seven and number 14 pick. You know, I'm hoping they trade seven and 14 and James Wiseman and get you know, a great player to come in and help the Warriors and put them back in a championship contention. What if they don't do that? We don't know. I'm not going to just, you know, write off Steph leaving because if they don't make the right moves, like, you know, maybe he doesn't want to play his last three seasons on a team that he doesn't think is going to win a championship. I think at times this year, playing on a team that wasn't in championship contention, he was frustrated visibly on the court. Flight Mike, I'm going to agree with you. I really can't see him leaving. And uh, to add on to what Krizimba said about building a winner around Steph, I don't think it's as I don't think it's as hard as uh, maybe building a winner around some other players. I don't know where I'm really trying to go with this, but what I'm trying to say is Stephen Curry is so good. The Warriors were practically the eight seed this season with an absolute shell of a roster. I mean, these guys were not good. So you know, going into this offseason, they have some assets. Obviously, they're going to retool the roster a little bit. They're going to probably get off of these picks, go get a guy that can help out right now. And I mean, seriously, with all of the injuries they had this past season, it's really hard for me to not see this team getting considerably better going into next season. Considering that, I, I just really have a hard time picturing him leaving the Golden State Warriors. I mean, the thing is, like, I like I I'm with you with I have a hard time, but Clay Thompson has not played a game of basketball since 2019. Okay, like that is my concern. What if Clay gets hurt again? What's his contract situation currently? He's signed till 2024, making 40 million dollars. If he gets hurt again, they're screwed. Like basically, they're I mean, screwed. I, I wouldn't say they're screwed. They were just basically the eighth seed with. Just Steph and Draymond. Yeah, but there's Draymond. a huge. There's and they're a going massive, to go get more players this offseason. First off of all, Draymond is getting older. Steph is getting older. They, and, he, he is. And, he is. And, all, and there is a massive difference between being. The they're getting older together. Between, it's not like there's a. Massive but I'm saying eight, there's a gap. massive difference between being the eight seed and winning, being in championship contention. There's a massive difference. 
but they were you know they were the eight seed with like a bad roster and a lot of injuries. Yeah, and if Clay gets hurt again, how, you can't improve the roster as much yeah, as you, you would like. You, you have well, you he still literally have makes forty million dollars. Like if he, like you can only do so much with a guy making forty million dollars if Clay gets hurt again. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying if Clay comes back and is a shell of who he was, I hope he doesn't. You know, I mean, he's had two years off. So, but if he comes back as a shell of who he was, or if he gets hurt again, like there, that is a serious problem that, you know, needs to be accounted for. And until Steph resigns, I'm, I'm just leaving that open. So I have a question. Um, say the Lakers swing on Steph Curry and they miss, you know, in the form of a trade, which I personally don't think. I just don't see um, the Lakers acquiring Steph Curry in any way, shape, or form. They're, they've been in a lot of rumors this year um, because, obviously, when your team is a first-round exit, of course, they've dealt with some injuries, but there's some drama going on in La La Land. So, speaking of La La, the Lakers are rumored to potentially sign Carmelo Anthony or even be interested in trading for Russell Westbrook. Do you think any of those are possibilities? I don't like the Lakers possibly trading for Carmelo Anthony. It just it just feels wrong. I mean, it feels cool to see LeBron and, and Melo hoop together, but why didn't they go get Melo when like nobody when nobody else wanted him when his value was at its absolute lowest? I mean, getting Melo now is kind of like a slap in the face, and he can help the Lakers, but I don't really think he solves any major problems for the Lakers. It's just kind of one of those nostalgic things that you just love to see Bron and Melo hooping together. I yeah, mean, he, I mean, he, you're first of all, right. he'd, like, he'd sign on a. I, I the thing is, LeBron didn't want him in 2019. He signed exactly. for what two mil, two point four mil. That's a vet minimum for, with the Bulls well, in he 2019. LeBron didn't want him. He if LeBron needed, wanted him, he would have been there. He w- he wasn't needed in 2019. In this instance, we might be moving on from a player like Kyle Kuzma. I definitely I mean, yeah, think he, he was needed yeah. in 2019. I mean, either of those years, he could have helped the Lakers. I mean, we he was waived by the Chicago forward. Bulls in 2019 in February and then signed a contract in November of 2019 with the Portland Trail Blazers. Bro, he could have came AKA back. For, as for the 2020 the... season, their championship year, the Lakers could have had Carmelo Anthony on the minimum. Like, they could have had him. They didn't. Yeah, he, he, he would have just been dead. He could have been depth though, like it, like I don't. I'm know not. I'm not saying he would have I'd, anything about the championship. I'm just saying they could have had him, and they and LeBron did, obviously did not want him because they didn't so sign. He, from my interpretation of the way LeBron likes building his teams as a general manager, it's that whenever one of his teams win a championship, he likes to reward the even the role players. So like you saw. Tristan Thompson, for example, who got a huge bag, which we might want to touch on Tristan Thompson's story later, um, after winning a championship, way more than he deserved, honestly. Um, you see players like Matthew Del- Delvadova went somewhere else and got a bag. Um, and in this instance, KCP got signed with, uh, with because the Lakers had his bird rights. Kyle Kuzma got a huge extension, which shocked me because I didn't think that that really made a lot of sense i felt like he should have they should have traded him and now it seems like the lakers need some help they need some work so i'm assuming they're probably going to trade kyle kuzma 
and Carmelo Anthony would come in and fill in that role as a scoring power forward coming off the bench. That's my assumption. So it makes more sense this year because the Lakers are coming off of a first round exit where Kyle Kuzma seems a little bit disgruntled and he wants to move on and Carmelo Anthony would be a free agent. That's the difference between now and 2019, in my opinion. I mean, Carmelo Anthony is going to be 38 years old yeah. in the NBA Finals next year if you were if he was playing in them. So yeah, I, I don't just, think it's. But like, so my question here, and we can't possibly answer this, but my question would be: Would Melo, you know, Melo played in Portland? You know, he averaged 24 minutes a game this season. Is he cool with riding the bench if? Like, you know, if it came to that, if he just isn't producing. I mean, Kyle Kuzma played 25 minutes per game. Kyle Kuzma isn't Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony I mean, lived the life yeah, of a so, star. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony I mean, has an yeah, ego is that is way of, higher than that. This is the end of, I think his ego died once he saw no one wanted him. And now having an opportunity to potentially win a championship yeah, you might play 24 minutes per game, which is pretty much how much he played last year on a team that wasn't even close to a championship contender. You know, Kyle Kuzma played 25 minutes per game last year, so he could come in and fill that role. Of course, I agree with you. He's a little bit, um, Carmelo Anthony's a little bit older, but I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, there's a lot of rumors out there that don't make sense, like the Russell Westbrook potential, like the Lakers potentially trading for Russell Westbrook. I can't have that make sense in my head. But we gotta talk this, about I that. This I think makes sense. Yeah, I also still like. Wait, that your logic is still you? off to me, Mike. Like your 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 logic is still off to me about the Lakers just not needing Carmelo Anthony. Why would you not want to make a team better? It just doesn't like compute in my head. I know they won the championship, but and Cooper's just, referring to 2020 in this instance. Yeah, where Carmelo averaged 15 points a game. It's just like yeah. I mean. The only thing that I could say is that in 2020, Carmelo did sign with uh, Portland and was a starter. So maybe that was kind of like, you know how like when we, we've we gotten the story from Andre Drummond, how he came out and it was like, you know, he wanted to be a starter wherever he went, like when he was waived. Like maybe the same situation was happening with Carmelo where, you know, his agent, you know, put it out there where he, Carmelo wants to start. So if that's the case oh, okay. and, you know, that's why he didn't sign with the Lakers, that would make sense to me. Um, and I will say, though, I definitely could see and I probably would lean towards at this point. As long as Carmelo is cool with averaging 20 minutes a game or less. And, you know, he really does like he's and like in Portland, he averaged 24 not playing with his boy LeBron. So if he's cool with averaging 20 or less, Man. then yeah, I can see him playing for the Lakers. Hey, yeah, okay. I'd be cool with him coming to LA too. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it at all. I would like I, I, I mean like, fit. yeah, the nostalgia factor, I would love it. I would yeah, love to see like, it. Like, come on, man. Melo in LA, bro. And, and let's like, be honest, let's be honest. Like, you know, that's a quick uh, video that bangs for all three of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, of course, let's, let's I wanted to... Carmelo so, Anthony to the so, Lakers, like, come on. So, Melo, honestly, get your ass to the Lakers. <laughs> of course, I'm, but I wanted to hear this because, like, it's not a lot of time. There's not a lot of times where you say my outlandish, like, trades, like, potential trades would work. So you said that you could see the Lakers potentially trading for Russell Westbrook. How and what would they have to give up to get him? So 
all right so i'm so all right so this is all being based on some absolute nonsense which we all know so let's just start that off the bat because anything that happens on instagram you know we saw what was it like Giannis back like you know a year or two ago it was like he unfollowed guys and it was like Giannis has gone from the bucks blah 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 you know all right so of course instagram nonsense is not is instagram nonsense however lebron james and anthony davis this is the title of this article i'm reading unintentionally spark lakers trade rumors regarding russell westbrook because both of them i'm correct when i say right they followed his wife right yes so they both followed his wife which has now led to russell westbrook to the lakers rumors and you know what i'm gonna say i'm here for it i want to see it i want to see russ on the lakers um like what does russell westbrook's contract look like the trade that i saw the thing is the trade that i saw involved schroeder and it involved i'm am i saying schroeder's name wrong so is it schroeder well, worst case scenario, me. you get a comment in the comment section trying to correct you. But I they were they were on me. They they are so, always around me. I definitely say it wrong. Here, here, here's the thing. Like, I think it makes a very cute story. You know, Russell yeah. Westbrook, alma mater, UCLA, returns to LA. You know, forms a super team with LeBron and uh, AD. You know, to form a big three. The Lakers really need that extra star. But here's the problem. One, this is a man that's getting paid a super max contract. Like, he's not getting paid a max. He's getting paid a super max currently. He's set to make $41 million, Um, Well, he's 44, getting paid 41 44. this year. 44 next year. And then he could opt out in the 2020 to 2023 season when he gets 47 million, which he won't. I'm sorry, I don't think he will. <laughs> he <laughs> won't. He becomes a, he's taking 47 yeah. million dollars. Yeah, he's these taking the 47 million. Contracts are ridiculous. Like these I know. contracts I mean, that's are why, nuts. That's why it was invented to dis uh, to disincentivize players from forming big three. Bro, I got to so, start practicing. Like Lakers got deep pockets, up. though. I mean, I don't think. Uh, I mean, if the trade is possible to happen, so that here's the problem: is like, you know, these trades involve like Montrezl Harrell, which he like. Who's saying Montrezl Harrell is opting into his uh, player option? You know, he could easily just decline and sign as an unrestricted free agent anywhere. So. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to make this trade happen with the contracts that the Lakers currently have. However, let's say in a world that they could make it happen, would you want him, Mike? Because the Lakers do need a change in point guard, it seems. It seems like, you know, Schroeder, Schroeder, whatever his name is, you know, it seems like he's gone. Seems like the Lakers need a little bit of a roster shakeup or actually a decent amount of a roster shakeup. What do you think? So in order to make this, so a trade does work if the Lakers do give up Schroeder, KCP, and Montrezl Harrell. So like, but Harrell could just decline his player option. He has a yeah, player option. Um, yeah, it's really, it's, I don't know. Here's the thing. I think it's a cute story. Don't get me wrong. But Russell Westbrook really just succeeds when he is the top option on the team and he's creating plays for other players on his team. You know, like when we saw him try to be James Harden's number two, that didn't really work out. So how is he gonna play off of LeBron James? That didn't didn't, work out to you. In the playoffs, it didn't work out. That didn't didn't work work out. out. They played the champs. Russell Westbrook was coming off of an injury and I'm pretty sure he got COVID too. 
All right, well, I'm just saying what I saw in the playoffs. Maybe they could have done better if all the unfortunate stuff didn't happen. But He, play, he was playing just, like an MVP during that season. Rockets bro, Westbrook averaged, was insane. Bro, he averaged like, well, how much did, uh, did he average exactly? He averaged 27, 26% from three. And I don't know. I just say, I'm just saying in the playoffs, in the regular season, yeah, he, they crushed it. He together. was a beast. He was a monster. He, yeah, he was, yeah, he was a beast in the regular and season. And in the playoffs, he was coming off of an injury, which he was rushed back from. And I'm pretty sure he had COVID. I'm not sure, but I I'm mean, kind of sure. At the end of the day, like, there's no, uh, this can't be disputed. You could be right. I could be right. What happened ended up happening. Well, I know he was injured. I know he was coming back from injury for sure. I know he, he definitely came back, back from, from injury. injury. He literally yeah. missed, like, right. the first, like, four games with the OKC series with injury. I, I mean, I would love to see it. I don't know if it. Uh, I don't know if it's what the Lakers need historically. Russell Westbrook big threes. I guess like he had some bad luck, but you know the big three with um, the dynamic duo with Paul George didn't work out. Him and KD didn't. Uh, and Ibaka and Harden. I guess he was young and got like injured at the wrong time. Him and Harden, they couldn't really make a deep run. Um, I guess Carmelo wasn't really the right third player that he needed to succeed. It's tough. It really is. I just wait. I, I wait. I have something to say here um, that for some reason we have not mentioned, and I'm going to curse. So uh, you know, earmuffs if you're you know you don't want that. But why in the fuck would the Wizards accept this trade? I agree. I'm saying like I'm just trying. <laughs> like it to makes no sense. Work. Like why would they want? these guys it just makes no sense that's another issue that's the thing that we we haven't even mentioned why would they take this trade <laughs> i i agree like why would they take this trade um yeah the lakers don't even have assets like that how they don't have any like that should have been the first thing either. that we said like this makes no sense i mean yeah but you know there's some schmucks out there that think the lakers are getting everyone so like um, i i mean like <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? You say that, and even you don't even think they're getting him. So, you know, it just makes no I, I sense. I know, I said and that. Like, and, like, the thing is, like, if you do that, then that also means, like, you're probably trading Bradley Beal as well? Like, I mean, I, I we mean, might need a new we might need a new guard because, I don't know, we I don't know if you guys heard, Alex Caruso may be going away for some time. The man uh, was indicted on some felony charges, uh in texas yesterday i don't know if you guys have heard so stupid but bro i mean i mean oh no it's actually a misdemeanor charge i was exaggerating yeah texas but, sucks but, Dude, yeah like, i could just, never live in texas it's literally born there like, so dumb yeah. yeah yeah so he got arrested for <laughs> you should you should read this uh, let me read this out to you guys because it's really funny um lieutenant bobby richardson of the texas a&m police department oh my god sounds sounds perfect sounds perfect <laughs> told, <Bobby> ESPN's <laughs> told espn's ramona shelburne that around 2 p.m central time alex caruso tried to board a flight at easterwood airport airport in college station texas which is located on a and m property the transportation and security administration searched caruso's bags and found a herb grinder that contained marijuana egad um Are according to on <laughs> according to online records caruso was arrested for possession of less than two oh my god of less than two ounce, uh, ounces yeah of that's marijuana. crazy he was that's crazy. Now, arrested. Now, Literally arrested. Oh, I mean, I guess it's because it has to be because it was an airport. 
It has to be because it was. So I think I know what happened to him. I, I think I know what happened to him. Um, let me see. Um, LeBron had a hysterical reaction to it, but I think I know what happened to him. So in California, you could legally fly out of LAX with, I don't know the exact amount, but a certain amount of weed, which is clearly for personal usage. And I think he flew out with weed because you know he's based in la and then when he wanted to fly back he probably still had his grinder on him yeah and there was like weed in there and he got arrested <laughs> yeah i think he just was i think he was just smoking in texas and he had his grinder like you said and i guess he didn't think to clean it or anything and he didn't want to go get another one like in cali or something and he just he just said YOLO, I guess. Or maybe he just forgot it was in his bag. Look. <laughs> what so, the whole thing? LeBron's <laughs> LeBron. reaction was so priceless. All he did when they said... So someone posts a video saying uh, when LeBron found out Caruso got arrested with the I'm going to get you out video. And then LeBron just quote tweeted it and, with Randy Moss's straight cash homie, Jif. And that's about it. So clearly he doesn't... Did you say Jif? Uh... Jif, yeah. I'm over. I'm, I can't. I can't. I literally can't. You know what? You know what? But what? What? You know it's GIF. I'm I'm over it. I'm not I'm not even starting it's, it. It's you know GIF. what? I'm not even starting it. It's GIF. I, I don't even need to say. No, it's not. It's GIF. It is GIF. You're literally it's nuts. GIF. It's GIF. Okay. Yeah, I, we're we're, we're going to take pronunciation advice from someone that calls you're both insane. Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Let's go. Are we being trolled <laughs> right now, Mike? What the fuck? I think, I, yeah, it I is think GIF. He, he's, Oh yeah, okay. It's it's Who told gift. you that? No, no, no. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Bro, where did you get bro, that from? Bro, bro, bro. I can't literally. I can't. No, where did you get just that literally from? Literally, I'm just literally Google this. Literally Google this. The freaking creator. Oh, so you're taking pronunciation of a advice gift. from Google. All a gif is pissed off because people call it gif and not jif, which he wanted. Look it up. He what are you talking it. about? It says it's jif. I just looked it up. Look in the chat. I just looked it up. I don't even. You should have looked it up. You were wrong. Why did I look it up, bro? Oh my god! Literally, it's gift. Yeah, bro, literally, so, it's gift. You can't even bro. You you can't even pronounce Schroeder properly. Like, come yeah, on. It is gift. You're out of your mind. So I'm now you're worried. arguing with Google. That's what you're doing yeah, right I'm now. Really <laughs> so, Mike Corzembo, so ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god. I'm so I'm so over presented the proof bro, and still disagree. Presented the proof. All right. Literally, I have never I'm not even kidding. I'm not click even the, kidding when I say link, I have never heard anyone say GIF. I swear on my life, I have never heard someone say GIF. The fact that I just happen to be this is one of those instances. This is one of those instances. People, whoever's listening to the podcast at this point right now is nodding their head and going, what the hell is happening? Because this is one of those instances where I just so happen to be in the vast majority of people. And I am in a room with two, well, but only I'm in a room with only three people and the other two people have the different opinion. So they're ganging up on me. That's just what, what's what happening. Happened? That's just what's happening. You know what? I'm over it. Let's stop talking about it. It doesn't matter. This has nothing to do with basketball. Let's just move on it because it's just freaking stupid. Wow. Okay. So you All can right. click the link. Actually, you know what? You know what? That's it. I'm right. I'm tweeting this out right now. <laughs> Do you pronounce bro? Pronounce it GIF or GIF? Because you GIF is spelled with a J. All right. And we're gonna just let Twitter decide. And I cannot wait to be right. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. I'll swallow my pride and I'll cry, but you know. 
I'm wrong. A Twitter today, poll but... isn't gonna make you dis- like. It's not gonna make you right or wrong. It's Bro, gonna... no, it will. It's called public opinion. What? What are you talking about? Literally, the, if the vast majority of people pronounce a GIF, then it's pronounced GIF. That's so why happens. don't we just vote on the NBA finals every year and start no, that's playing not, them? No, this all right. Literally, this conversation is getting ridiculous. We shouldn't even be. It's we need to talk about the NBA. All right, However, you're wrong. Back to the NBA. Let's oh go. Oh my Come on. god. Oh oh oh! Look at GIF. Oh, jumping out, jumping out. Eighty-four percent right out of the gate. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Literally, everyone's gonna say GIF. Oh my god! Thank you, Afro Pig. It's 100% GIF. I don't care what anybody says. Thank you. All right. You should be a lawyer. Um, I should be a lawyer? Yeah. I, I mean, literally, one, I've been told that several times. But two, um, it's fucking GIF. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on to another any anything else. Literally anything else. I'll talk about anything. Zach Levine, shout out. Team USA, baby. Team USA roster. Kevin Durant, um, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Zach Levine, Kevin Love. Kevin Love? I missed that. Kevin Love is on Team USA? God, going to be playing his first meaningful minutes in the last four years. Damn, of course. <laughs> Bro, you're out for blood today. Like... I mean, that's just facts, oh my, though. The Cavs haven't played bro, I mean, since LeBron oh left. But, I mean, God. three. <laughs> um, yeah, so I wanted to... Uh, do you guys want to talk about the Tristan Thompson stuff or not? Nah? Uh, sure, we could talk about Tristan Thompson being a f***ing cheater again. Or whatever. Wait, bro, we, actually, was is he even with anyone at this point? Tristan I mean, Thompson's bro, just a dog, bro. Like, Bro, it's, it's funny because, like, if you... If you look at the title, like I, I'm looking at the headline of like the top thing when you t- uh, type in Tristan Thompson's name, and it's Chloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson break up again. <laughs> they so they were together. I mean, they, I, uh, uh, my whole thing is, you know, I feel like probably you know this is this goes on, you know, and I think Tristan Thompson's just way worse than other NBA players at keeping it on the low. He's really bad at, like, keeping a low profile. It's, like, hysterical. Here, I I heard, like, one description. Like, one one news source reported it, it, and it was, yeah, here it is. It's Daily Mail. It goes, Tristan Thompson disappeared into a bedroom with three women at a Bel Air house party and emerged 30 minutes later looking, quote, unquote, Disheveled, just a day after having sex with his girlfriend. Wait, why? why? It's like what? what? It's like he's it's like, like hung over or something. It's like I mean, maybe he played basketball. I don't know. Like just a day after having lunch with girlfriend Chloe and daughter True. Like, bro, here's the thing. This is a horrible bias to have, but it's just something I truly believe in, and I don't think. I don't necessarily think it's a good thing or a bad thing. I just think it's one of those things that as a result of someone being placed in a situation, they're more prone to doing this. NBA players are traveling constantly. They have a reputation of doing this type of stuff. So most of them don't date like celebrities like Khloe Kardashian as a result of it, because otherwise they end up in the front page every single time they do happen to do something like this. So, 
the fact one, Chloe, like, yo, you knew what you were getting yourself into. If he cheated once, he's going to do it again. Um, two. I don't really. Uh, that's not a great sentiment. Uh, I you mean, relationship. Just, I think we can all agree, agree. Relationships are more tough than that. I mean, like if you like truly love someone and, you know, they like you cheat and then, you know, I mean, she's not the first person in the world that's, you know, taken back someone who's cheated and there have been relationships that have ended up being successful after cheating you know personally if i got cheated on you know i think that would be incredibly hard to go through and i don't like you know yeah the trust is gone but there yeah. have been people that it's i guess worked out for i'm just saying you know don't say chloe you, you knew what you're getting yourself into like Tristan Thompson, stop publicly cheating on a girl when you're a public figure dating stop a public publicly. figure. Stop publicly. You see, you see how he said stop publicly? How about stop cheating? Well, stop cheating. Yeah. Stop, stop cheating. Stop no, no, stop cheating. First of all, all right. I, don't, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it like that. Peter I didn't mean that publicly, and it's gift, not just. <laughs> he, he disappeared into a bedroom. He tried to keep it low key. It's not his fault he looked disheveled. Like, I didn't mean publicly. I just meant bro, stop cheating. Bro, he's a cheating. big dude. He's a I big dude. You think he gets away with it if he's like six foot? I think so. Like he's yeah. Like if you he's so? a six foot ten. Like if I see a six foot ten man, uh, I'm and this is a nah. He doesn't get away have. with it if he's anything. Literally, what this was at a party, right? Or something. What was he this? Disappeared at? into a bedroom. Yeah, it was at a Bel Air house party, and he emerged. First of all, who's snitching? But disheveled. First of all, who's snitching? But second of all, um. I mean, if you're any famous person at a party that is dating a Kardashian, yeah, you're going to get, like, I mean, it doesn't matter what height you are. You're going to get exposed if you do something like that. Like, he, I mean, honestly, I, honestly, I'm going to say right now. increase if you're tall. I think they increase. If you're, you're, she's literally, like, the thing is he's more famous than, like, a normal player like Tristan Thompson would be. Because for sure, for sure. he's dating a Kardashian. So that's the whole thing is like, or he was dating before he cheated. <laughs> Tristan Thompson. <laughs> Dude, I mean, look, I'm not trying to say that it's tr in Tristan Thompson's rights to cheat on her. But I am. A, what are you? Why? I am a person. <laughs> look, I look, I'm not saying that he's let me finish my point. NBA players have a reputation of doing this stuff. Like even the late great Kobe Bryant, RIP, had the Colorado incident where like, yeah, he didn't, he he was acquitted, but he did cheat on Vanessa. You know, like it's like a known thing that basketball players cheat. So in the back of your mind, you have to be thinking, hey, what this a is nasty generalization. What are you saying, bro? What are you it's saying? It's a what generalization I made. So like Gordon, oh, hey, so Gordon Hayward with his nice, beautiful family, his wife is going to sleep every night going, oh, basketball players cheat. Oh, Gor Gordon's in, in LA today, probably some random girl. Like, bro, what are you, what are you actually saying? I mean, I mean, just because I mean, he could, and just because he, NBA he players have cheated in the past and other NBA players cheat doesn't mean that you can ju just like are going to expect your own partner to cheat. Seriously. I mean, at least Gordon Hayward does a better job keeping it low key. It's a known thing that men cheat, Mike. Are we all cheaters? Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> honestly, honestly, right now you're tweeting out like some like one of those tweets that I see. Like it's like 300,000 favorites that like basically just is like a men are trash tweet. 
seriously, Mike. I mean, it's a like it's not the craziest. It's one of those things that I think that they're placed in a situation that results in this. I don't think it's I cannot believe you're doubling down on this. Bro. <laughs> yeah, I cannot believe, dude, cool. if you're in a relationship, don't cheat. It's that simple. If you want to have sex with a bunch of other girls, like don't be in a relationship. So yeah, like, I don't think it has anything to do with whether you're in the NBA or not. That, that, that crazy perspective, I know, just grabbed it out of left field. But, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think know. I, I don't know how this happened. What? <laughs> me either. Mike, All who right, hurt now. you? Who hurt me? Yes. <laughs> who did you hurt? I mean, bro, yeah, this is, who, this yeah, is the man, you hurt. Who did you hurt? Other than the bro. man you threw through a window. <laughs> imagine imagine Mike having to explain him cheating to his girl. And he just goes. <laughs> he goes, YouTubers. YouTubers. Never. <laughs> Never, 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 never. <laughs> what are you? No, 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 no. Like, oh, that's what you just said. <laughs> no, like I'm not a. Well, I'm not a basketball you know how many player. YouTubers have been in scandals. Literally, that's a, you're generalizing us. <laughs> I'm a How did you? How did we get to the point where we're generalizing us? I'm generalizing basketball players. Oh. It's literally a known thing that YouTubers that live in Los Angeles cheat, bro. <laughs> when, where, where? When? Where's so many, so many. Oh, name me two. Jake Paul, Phase Banks, boom, done. I'm easy. not Jake Paul or Phase Banks, bro. Bro, I just said YouTubers that live in LA, boom. Mike Malak, first boom, of all, another third. First of all, first of all, Jake Paul doesn't live in LA. He lives in um, Puerto Rico. He did um, when he cheated. Mike Majak was dating Lana Rhodes, dude. Like, well, right, you are fighting that. on the wrong side of the battle right here. I mean, bro, I don't think it's that crazy of a generalization. I didn't come up with it. I see it multiple places, and you guys disagree with it. Corzimba, Corzimba, he read it somewhere, so it's better. He read it somewhere. He didn't come up with it. No big deal. He read it somewhere. Can we talk about it? Let's, we're moving on. Let's talk about uh, Rudy Gobert. I love you, Mike. I cannot believe that you just said This podcast stinks. So Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, number one seed in the West. Um... Ended up losing to the Los Angeles Clippers after Terrence Mann absolutely decimated them. Um, and this was clearly seen as like Rudy Gobert being exposed because he was placed in a situation where he had to close out on the perimeter on Terrence Mann. So many people are saying, okay, what's next for the Utah Jazz? Should they move on from Rudy Gobert? Maybe trade him? What do you think needs to change for them? And what would they have needed to do in order to have succeeded in that situation? Would you trade Gobert in this situation? Get better perimeter defenders. I don't think it was Gobert's fault that the Jazz continually got beat off the dribble. Better perimeter Agreed. defenders. Um, if you have Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell as your two guards at this point in time, like that that's a problem defensively for sure and you know again uh, i said this in the live stream last night if you look like yeah gobert is getting the brunt of the criticism here and it's kind of tough to put this on mike conley when he it was coming back from injury and was you know trying his best to be out there for his team however I mean, you know, after not playing, what, one, two, three, four, five games in a row, he comes back, plays 26 minutes, shoots one for eight from the field, has six turnovers and three assists. He was absolutely awful in that game. He was also awful on the defensive end. Yeah, Rudy Gobert, like, it's easy to pile on him because, you know, he's defensive player of the year, boom, boom, boom. I'll say shout out to Rudy for going on Twitter and standing up to critics, you know, 
Like, he, uh, let's see his exact tweets. I mean, he just was like, basically just being like, and he did it in a respectful way where he wasn't like, you know, fuck all of you or anything like that. I think this is the most I've ever cursed on a podcast, but, um, you know, he just, he, he went out there and he just basically was like, you know, this doesn't phase me. Um, social media doesn't really matter, you know? And basically he was like saying, stop spreading hate in general. Stop spreading hate because he's just saying people are spreading hate because they're not really happy inside. So I think Gobert handled it well. I don't think the Jazz can really do anything in terms yeah, of trading Gobert. Like, who are you going to trade him for? Like, that's always and when the you thing. Look, it's like, and when you look at the roster, I mean, they look like, without Gobert, they look like they'd be a horrific defensive team. I mean, Bogdanovich, Conley, Mitchell, Niang, Clarkson, Ingles. I can't believe this team gets any stops, period. That's like a testament to how great Gobert has been this season. I think the issue with the Jazz was the lack of adjustments. And I don't even know what type of adjustments Quinn Snyder could have made in that instance. Like Ty, props to Ty Lue. I don't think the Jazz played horribly. I just think they got out coached. And I think they got out coached as a result of just not having the necessary tools to beat the Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers went extremely small. They spread, uh, they went um, They went five out and that takes Gobert completely out of the equation because he favors the rim and he's gonna try to protect the rim, leaving Terrence Mann a 42% three-point shooter wide open in the corner to just completely torch you. So props to Ty Lue, because I think that was mainly Ty Lue's coaching as opposed to just Rudy Gobert playing horribly. And you, in that instance, there's not much Gobert could do. You're placing him in a situation where he's bound to fail. I think they just need to find more perimeter defenders, like Coop said, and they need to be less dependent upon um, Rudy Gobert, or at least have the ability to pivot to a small ball lineup, should that ever happen to them again. I don't think small ball would have been the answer. I, I mean, like they were just getting destroyed off the dribble. Like, I just think they need more defenders. Um, and for some reason, whenever Gobert helped, I guess the game plan was to let Terrence Mann shoot no matter what. Nobody ever rotated to Gobert's man. It was just kind of like Gobert was left to guard two people at all times. So I thought that was weird. I thought that was that was really weird, honestly. I agree. I mean, like, I think during the regular season, you know, when teams aren't making, when teams are not game planning specifically for a certain team as much, because, you know, regular season is way more fast paced. Um, you know, Gobert, defensive player of the year, like he plays phenomenal defense. He's great on that end. The problem was that the Clippers came out with a great game plan and yeah, the Jazz didn't adjust or couldn't adjust based on the roster that they had and Gobert ended up looking bad. Sure. But exactly like Coop saying, like, you know, Terrence Mann, once he starts making shots, like, okay, I like. Sure, you yeah, know Terrence Mann. Why are Mann, we not rotating? That's what, like, like, sure. Terrence Mann, you know, shoots the first one, shoots the second one, third one, whatever. You know, it's like okay, this man, you know, averages what, like eight points a game or something. Like, you know, let him have this. Like, even he should, like Coop said on the live stream actually last night, he shoots over forty percent from three. So it's why even are you letting him have it? But you know, once he gets hot, adjust your game plan. Like, what is going on? And also, why are you giving up the shortest three? In yeah. the game of basketball. I mean, just the logic there is absolutely horrific. Like yet again, like another time where just a player is just getting just thrown under the bus when it's like coaching matters so much. 
And just people are just not giving, you know, pe people were not giving Tyloo enough credit and people weren't, you know, I think getting on Quinn Snyder enough. This is a wild story. Like I made a video on it when it came out. I made multiple videos on this topic. And the first video I made on it, I was like, okay, this is so far-fetched that I can't believe this initial report. Um, the report comes from Tim Cato and Sam Amick of The Athletic, so very reputable source. And this is a June 14th article. And to summarize it, pretty much, there is a shadow GM that is calling the shots for the Dallas Mavericks. Anything from trades to drafting to even setting Rick Carlisle's lineups is being run by a guy by the name of Haralebos Vulgaris, who is a well-known sports gambler that was hired by Mark Cuban in 2018. Now, originally he was just supposed to be like the head of quantitative research, just an, uh, the director of quantitative research and development, but apparently this vastly understates his role and him and Luka Doncic don't like each other. Now, bear in mind, Donnie, uh, Donnie Nelson, the president of basketball operations for the Dallas Mavericks over the past 24 years is notorious for having these ties to Europe. You know, he's the guy that uncovered the gem that was Dirk Nowitzki. He knew Luka Doncic from a very young, from when Luka was a very young kid. As a result, Luka and Donnie are really, really close. Now, the issue with Volgaris is he is pretty much doing Donnie Nelson's job. You know, like he's a guy that a very good example is Donnie Nelson spearheaded the trade for Kristaps Porzingis. He was the guy that made the Josh Richardson trade, whereas Vulgaris made the acquisition of Seth Curry and DeLon Wright, and even said that DeLon Wright should start next to Luka Doncic. And so this report comes out. The, the craziest example is this year's, this year's NBA draft, the 2020 NBA draft, um, most members of the scouting department joined the Dallas Mavericks' war room remotely through Zoom. And the moment they joined, they found out that, hey, we drafted Josh Green and Tyrell Terry. You know, like, and despite scouts disagreeing with him, he got his way. Now, at the time, when Mark Cuban was reached out for a report on this, he said that, I really like what Bob brings to the table. He does a great job of supporting Rick and the front office with unique data insights. He has a great grasp of AI and the opportunities it creates for gaining an advantage, which is important to him, but he isn't any more influential than any other data source on the team. And when this was tweeted out, Mark Cuban quote tweeted Tim Cato and called it absolute and total bullshit. So a few days later, exactly three days later the general manager of the dallas mavericks for the past 24 years a guy that luka Doncic is close with steps down as president of basketball operations and in the athletic article on that apparently this was due to donnie nelson beginning to wonder if he was truly in charge of the coaching staff anymore what his role was him wanting vulgaris to stay in his lane to avoid overstepping the bounds of his role and focus on being a trusted advisor to Cuban, whose analytics-based views would always be taken into account. And unfortunately, as a result, the Dallas Mavericks and Donnie Nelson parted ways because Volgaris wouldn't stay in his lane. A few days after that, 
we heard that Rick Carlisle will not be returning to the Dallas Mavericks. So this is a huge, there's like multiple storylines here, which is why I made like four videos on it. One is Mark Cuban blatantly lied to us. He called it total BS, but you have this vulgaris guy who doesn't like Luka Doncic, which results in the guy that Luka Doncic likes, Donnie Nelson, stepping down as president. You have Rick Carlisle potentially being pushed out by Luka Doncic. Apparently there was some friction there because Rick Carlisle wanted to, um, um, is known as a little bit more of a disciplinarian and he had to loosen his reins a little bit. It was tough for him to coach Luka Doncic. And uh, then you have... Yeah, you have multiple storylines going on here. So what do you guys think about this? And what would what should the Dallas Mavericks do? Is there any hope for them? Do you like what's their next move in this case? When like your head coach of like 10 plus years that won the only championship in your franchise's history steps down and like a general manager that was there for 20 plus years steps down. That's stability out of the window. If you ask me, I think the decision of what they do next is easy. I think they do whatever the F Luca wants them to do. I think Luca saw that quote from Mark Cuban and he was like, oh, okay, really? And he started pulling some strings. Yeah, I mean, end of the day, like Luca, I mean, technically, like Luca, you know, I doubt he um, doesn't accept, you know, the super max contract offer that he's going to get. However, with that in mind, there's nothing stopping Luka Doncic from at any point in time saying, I'm not playing for the Dallas Mavericks. I'm demanding a trade. So yeah, they do whatever Luka wants because he is a generational talent and that's just how it is. That's what happened with LeBron. You know, we've heard Ludd GM, you know, for his entire career at this point, like get your, uh, I mean, things in Dallas are horrible. Like you can't, there's just no, sugarcoating it like if you when your gm and head coach both are gone within days amidst rumors of like you know porzingis not being happy like amidst everything like that's already happening it is right now in dallas it is not good they have to get their shit together they have to figure out what they're doing i mean if i'm a head coach the problem like it, it's tough because now it's like you're looking at that job as what's going on in the front office like yeah you're coaching luca but what is happening in the front office because there has to be some legitimacy to that athletic article or a lot of legitimacy to that athletic article with everything that has gone down since that was posted I, yeah I I'm, I'm not sure if i would like i don't know this is so crazy to say but i'm not sure if i would jump at the opportunity to coach luca especially seeing that there was friction between Carlisle and and uh, and Luca. I've all, if I was a coach, I'd want to coach a young team on the up and up. I know a lot of guys want to coach superstars and you know, I get that, but when you're coaching stars and you're not coaching a big 3, like the clock is ticking. Like from the moment you step in the office, you're basically on the hot seat. I really wish Daryl Morey would have like sat out a year because I think in terms of the general manager position, I think he'd crush this job, like just building around Luka Doncic. Because here's the thing, I what would he do? Take it, though, like what's like if I, you were I think a he would. GM, like, that's the thing, though. 
Like, oh yeah, the real? shadow GM ruins everything. So he's probably it ruins be, everything. So the That's shadow, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, the shadow GM is probably going to be the new GM. Which honestly, like, look, it does all sound really bad, and Luca doesn't get along with the shadow GM. Um, but at the same time, if Donnie Nelson is there for 20 plus years and like his moves are just not panning out. The Chris Tapps Porzingis Tim Hardaway trade was an eh trade, you know, like Chris Tapps isn't really working out there. Maybe they go and bring in a brand new head coach that knows how to integrate him into the offense a little bit more. Maybe they bring in a general manager that senses the urgency to build a team around Luca a little bit better because my impression of Luca is I don't really think he's the type of guy that wants anything else but to at least compete and he's at that stage of his career way earlier than Michael Jordan was and way earlier than LeBron James was where he is facing off against the Los Angeles Clippers and losing consistently in his first two playoff appearances so it's tough I am trying to figure out the right head coach for him um it's not Kenny Atkinson, I don't think. I don't think Luca needs development. I think he needs probably, a head coach that probably like D'Antoni or something. Honestly, D'Antoni. Uh, I mean, if he wants to stuff the stat sheet and win MVPs, but it depends what he wants, honestly. And I don't know if this Volgaris guy is the move if Luca doesn't like him. I think he's probably going to get a year, but he's going to be on a short leash, and it's probably going to be very toxic in Dallas for a while. I mean, the thing with whoever they get next at head coach is they're not really hiring the next best head coach. They have to also focus on a coach that's going to keep Luka happy. And that's something that kind of frustrates me a little bit being a Pelicans fan because it's kind of the same thing with us. We might not get the best basketball mind. We have to find a guy that's going to give us a chance to win, but also we have to weigh that this next coach has to make sure that Zion and Brandon Ingram are happy. I think coaching uh, basketball today is so much harder than it used to be because it's just, it's a player's league. Yeah, a lot of mm, no, I, I well, I just with that. I mean, it's always been a player's league. Like, I mean, maybe not in like yeah the eighties or something. Yeah, yeah, no, like, no, no. I, I it's definitely much more of a player's league than it's ever been, and I don't think that's debatable at all. Uh, I think if we go back to like the 2004 season or something like that, there was like a stretch in the Western Conference where literally 14 of the 15 coaches were fired in a two year span. So, again, it's coaches have been it's always been like this. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean like it was more of a player's league than that just means that coaches got fired. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, I, the it's tough because. I like I understand what you're saying with like uh you know you have to keep Luca happy. That's just kind of just what you have to do with every team though. It's like that's why Doc Rivers like why he keeps getting hired is like you know the players respect him. Bro, I definitely disagree with the players league stuff too because like if I'm the Pelicans, honestly, if I'm if I'm the Mavericks, I'm hiring Rich Paul as GM and I'm saying just hey, bring in your clutch guys. <laughs> like that's that's the point. Of, of where I'm at with the NBA. Yeah, low key, that'd be fire. Like, I'd be terrified yeah, right. of the Mavericks if they. I'd be Seriously, terrified of the Mavericks if, if, if they Rich did Paul that. Paul was a GM, bro, I'd be so scared of that. Yeah, team. That actually would be crazy. 
Like, yeah. that's where we're at. That's so crazy. He'd yeah, somehow get LeBron. Cool. He'd get Bronny. He'd get AD. Like, oh, my God. Bro. Like, typically at this point, I'd like us to give a shout out to all of our recent laced up gold members. So we did that at the beginning, but off the bench TV, Ray Gian, appreciate you guys, man. We're going to have some fun in those bonus pods and those live streams. Uh, guys, anything else to say? Thank you guys for the support. Um, I hope you guys come out to future live streams. Again, we will tweet it out on all of our platforms and yeah, shout out to the gold members. Cannot wait to get this discord going. Cannot wait to do a bonus pods and all of that stuff.